Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 3rd. Today's big idea focuses on the political takeaways from the horrifying shooting in Las Vegas. The event may not dramatically change the debate about guns, but the response to the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history, which has left at least 59 dead and hundreds more wounded, reveals a great deal about our politics. Unsurprisingly, after so many tragedies, we know no new gun laws will pass. The National Rifle Association deserves more credit or blame, depending on your perspective, than any other outside group for Donald Trump's victory. And the president knows it. But Vegas is going to make it much harder for Republicans to roll back existing gun laws that are already on the books. For example, in the wake of this attack, House Republican leaders have decided to table a bill that would loosen restrictions on purchasing gun silencers, at least for now until the heat dies down. They're also not planning immediately to take up a measure that would allow people who have concealed carry handgun permits to use them across state lines. For Democrats, gun control is increasingly a litmus test. It is inconceivable, in fact, that Democrats will nominate someone for president in 2020 who is not an outspoken proponent of tough new gun laws. Many presidential aspirants like Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts or Chris Murphy from Connecticut, a dark horse you should keep your eye on, quickly moved past the normal niceties after a tragedy like this and were agitating for tough new laws within hours. They all know nothing's going to pass, but they're laying a marker. In fact, there are a lot of congressional Democrats that refuse to even honor the moments of silence to try drawing attention to the fact that nothing happens after these kinds of incidents. Meanwhile, the paranoid style in American politics is alive and well. Televangelist Pat Robertson suggested on his TV show that disrespect for Trump was a factor behind the shooting. We still don't know the shooter's motive. The fever swamps of the internet also had powerful megaphones. For hours on the far-right internet, would-be sleuths, more like trolls, tried to prove that the wrong person was the gunman. The resulting phony story made it into the top search results for Google and Facebook. Meanwhile, late-night comedians are emerging as prominent voices of moral authority. Every single late-night TV comedian except Jimmy Fallon opened his show last night with a very serious monologue about what transpired in Vegas and a call for action on guns. The polling on gun control is much more complicated and nuanced than most of the mainstream media coverage would lead you to believe. There's a good poll from Quinnipiac that was conducted last year that sort of underscores this point. Quinnipiac asked whether people supported a ban on assault weapons, which is the term that we use to describe semi-automatic weapons. About 60% of Americans supported such a ban. But when the pollster asked whether such a ban would actually be effective in reducing gun violence, Americans were split basically down the middle. Regardless of the polling, though, the truth is that America's deadliest shooting incidents are getting much deadlier. And that is the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Trump administration is preparing to ask for at least $10 billion more in federal relief for disaster recovery in response to the damage caused by Hurricane Maria across Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Officials down there and some lawmakers on the mainland are clamoring for legislation that would provide tens of billions of dollars in relief and address Puerto Rico's long-simmering fiscal crisis. Remember, earlier this year, the island declared bankruptcy. Puerto Rico's Senate Majority Leader Carmelo Rios warned Congress that if it doesn't act quickly, more than 200,000 Puerto Ricans will relocate to the United States. Trump is flying down to Puerto Rico today. 
Number 2. The Inspector General for the Interior Department has opened an investigation into Secretary Ryan Zinke's travel during his first seven months in office, including his use of taxpayer-funded charter and military planes. Zinke is one of several Trump administration secretaries whose travel is under scrutiny. Tom Price resigned Friday as Health and Human Services Secretary after taking at least $400,000 in chartered flights at the taxpayer's expense. Number 3. Trump associates have given investigators documents showing two previously unreported contacts with Russia during the 2016 campaign. In one case, Trump's personal attorney and a business associate exchanged emails weeks before the Republican National Convention about traveling to an economic conference in Russia that would be attended by top Russian financial and government leaders, including Vladimir Putin. In the other case, the same Trump attorney, Michael Cohen, received a proposal in late 2015 for a Moscow residential project from a company founded by a billionaire who once served in the Russian Senate. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 3rd. Don't forget to take our listener survey at WashingtonPost.com slash Big Idea by this Thursday. I'd really love to know what you think of this briefing so that I can make it more useful for you. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.